Hi everybody, welcome to FNS Wrestling Podcast. I am your host, back in the basement to talk about some Ring of Honor episode 527. I apologize if you're a regular listener, I am a couple days late, but somehow, ironically, despite having the week off from work, I've been busier than ever, just sort of visiting a couple high school buddies I haven't seen in quite a long time yesterday. And then today, my wife and I and my youngest son just went out did a little bit of shopping at a really cool outdoor outlet mall so I came back tried to watch some Ring of Honor but it had been replaced on my recording with something else I guess it got shifted from the network that we watch it on here in southern Ontario so I had to go and find it on another app that I use sometimes but I did watch the episode I am about ready to talk about it so welcome if you're a new listener welcome back if you're returning Uh, This is a podcast generally with myself and my teenage son, who is a humongous wrestling fan. We sit down on Saturdays, talk about NXT, AEW, Dynamite, Impact Wrestling, some trivia, an update from the world of wrestling action figures, and some news and rumors. We do that every Saturday. We're up to episode 67, I think, is coming up this week. So if you just stumbled across this Ring of Honor podcast, feel free to check out what we call our flagship show. If you'd like to contact us, Really easy to do, fnswrestling at gmail.com or fns underscore wrestling underscore podcast on Instagram. Or if you're listening on YouTube, simply leave a comment there. I'll get back to anyone that leaves any sort of comment. What do you think about the work we're doing? What do you think about wrestling in general? What would you like to hear us talk about? Anything is possible for you to talk about and you will definitely get a reply from me. So yes, thank you for joining. I guess we should probably get into talking about some wrestling, and that is going to be Ring of Honor episode 527. So this week's show starts out with not Quinn McKay or Ian Riccoboni, but with Vincent. So Vincent is wearing his crown, he is dressed all in white, and he's looking in the mirror and he's calling, he keeps saying, oh, he's going to love it, he's going to love it. He calls Vita Von Star over for her approval, and she agrees that he will love it. Then calls over Bateman, same thing. He says, oh yeah, he'll love it, and then Dutch, same thing. So the segment basically ends with Vincent looking into the mirror, kind of at us, I guess, and saying, they are right, he will love it. So I guess we are left to wonder who the he is and what exactly he will love, and for what reason. So I guess they're building a bit of suspense here at the beginning of the show, Uh, It was fine. It was really short. It was just literally the same thing over and over again. He will love it. He will love it. All of the minions agreeing that whoever the he is will love it. So I guess we'll just have to see what comes out of this. Nothing wrong with it. Nothing exciting about it. It happens, and I guess it's one of those things that's sort of going to depend on the payoff that we get. Then we get Quinn McKay. She is at her desk. She welcomes us, lets us know that tonight's entire episode is dedicated to violence unlimited versus, well, she says it, the violence versus the pure. So what she's referring to is violence unlimited and the foundation. And she basically tells us that these two groups have been battling each other for the better part of the year while trading wins and championships, and that they have very different views on what professional wrestling should be. She doesn't elaborate, but obviously that's the foundation or more the pure wrestlers, like bringing the honor back to wrestling and shaking hands and just honestly executing moves whereas violence unlimited are about violence and don't mind cheating and things sort of like sliding in and stealing lfi's gimmick for their faction a little bit like now we're the ones that cheat all the time and are proud of it kind of thing but i guess there's room for two factions that do that so anyways we're gonna get two men who are veterans in the main event tonight as homicide will take on jay lethal but before that 
We'll get a tag team match featuring Chris Dickinson and Brody King of Violence Unlimited taking on the foundation's Jonathan Gresham and Chase Tracy Williams. But first in the opener, we will get former television champion Tony Deppin taking on the foundation's Rhett Titus. So then the scene shifts to the actual arena. Ian Riccoboni welcomes us. Tony Deppin starts to make his entrance, and then we go to what is one of their standard maneuvers, which is as the person's entering, we cut to a promo that's been recorded previously. So we do get Tony Deppin. He says that Rhett Titus has been in Ring of Honor a long time and has accomplished a lot. But Tony Deppin has accomplished a lot too, and in a fraction of the time. He'll go on to accomplish even more, and he'll do it with violence. So just a brief little promo here from Deppin. I thought it was good enough. Uh, I, I like his heel logic of you've accomplished a lot, but it's taken you, you know, 20 years or whatever it is. Whereas I've accomplished a lot too, but in a fraction of that time. So I think that made sense. Uh, decent heel logic, as they say, and I thought he did a fine job here. We then have right t- Rhett Titus does the same thing. His entrance starts. We get a promo from him. He says, it's kind of made me laugh, because he says he sees the similarities in Deppin, that it reminds him of him, because they fight for their families and children. And then he says, but that's where the similarities end. So basically, the similarities between these two, according to him, are they're wrestlers and they like their families. Um, but that's where the similarities end. He talks about it's been playtime for Deppin, but now it's going to be time for him to get to work. And he finishes up by saying, it's nothing personal, it's professional. So I don't think promos have ever been Rhett Titus's strength. This one was just fine, nothing really impressive. And again, I find it funny, like he starts this promo by saying how similar they are, but really the only things that are similar is they have a family and they wrestle. So I don't know if that's a strong enough point to be bringing up to start your promo, but that's the decision he made. So anyways, that's what we got from Rhett Titus. The match then does start, Tony Deppin versus Rhett Titus, and we get holds and counters for quite a bit to start, leading to some head scissors by Rhett Titus. Then we get a double knuckle lock pinfall attempt by Titus, and Deppin escapes for some more holds and counters on the mat here. Deppin then with a little bit of legwork, and Titus gets to the ropes himself. Another head scissors by Titus, but Deppin escapes, applies a stretch of his own. We get some rope running by both men to no real advantage as they're sort of dodging each other. Then we get a belly-to-belly followed by a butterfly suplex by Rhett Titus. We get a knee drop by Deppin to and back to more mat work after a little bit. We get corner shoulder tackles and strikes before a boot and a low drop kick by Deppin as Homicide now comes out. He gets up on the apron causing a bit of a distraction here. Uh, Titus gets the knees up on a Deppin senton as we head into a commercial. We come back and we get an outside-in shoulder tackle by Rhett Titus. A shin breaker transitioned right into a back suplex. Homicide again gets with a chair and the ref is sort of turning his attention to Homicide to admonish him for bringing a chair again. So Deppin drop kicks Titus off the ropes, hits a dive to Titus on the floor. We get a top rope double stomp to Deppin once they're back in the ring. That gets him a two count. Caprice Coleman points out, and I have to agree, that it's pretty dumb that no one from the Foundation is coming out to deal with Homicide, which is a great point. Homicide's just kind of running loose, grabbing chairs, causing um, distractions, and no sign of anyone else from the Foundation so far. So we get near falls and some more counters before a Titus suplex and a running boot. We get a, a brain buster, I believe it was, by Rhett Titus for two. He goes for a half crab. We get kicks to the face and back to the half crab for Titus again. 
Homicide then slides some chairs into the ring. Titus is obviously distracted and comes over to sort of deal with them. And then the ref is involved with dealing all, all of that. Deppin grabs one of the chairs that has been slid into the ring, hits Titus in the midsection, hits his running knee to the head, and picks up the pinfall here. So Tony Deppin wins off of the distraction from Homicide and pins Rhett Titus. So this match, honestly, the first half of it was as boring for me, uh, if I'm being honest. It was just simply too much grappling and counter-wrestling for me. Um, I don't mind a little bit of it. I don't mind when it's done really well with lots of variety, but this was not that type. It just kind of was like, okay, you've got a hold, he's got a hold, you counter, near fall, near fall, back and forth kind of thing. Didn't interest me that much. Things did pick up in the second half. There was more what I would call professional wrestling and less what I would call amateur-style wrestling. And so both of these guys are really fast and can hit a lot of varied offense. I've seen it before. So I just wanted them to get off the mat and get moving at a certain point in this match. And this match did get a lot of time. And by the end of it, I think it was pretty good. Like the last half, I enjoyed most of it. So Homicide, I agree. Him being just able to roam around ringside with chairs completely unchecked seemed odd to me. And obviously, you know, violence are unlimited. They're advertising that they're willing to cheat and take any advantage. Yet the foundation left their guy out there alone. And it did end up costing him the match because Homicide getting involved distracted Titus, distracted the ref, led to a chair shot and the finishing combination, basically. So uh, this is a very good point. I don't understand what the foundation's logic here is to leave their guy on an island against a faction that is more than willing and able to cheat at the drop of a hat. So I wonder at this point if it was just an oversight or if it is actually going somewhere. And we actually are going to find that out quickly. I just didn't go back and change my notes because I try and give you my reaction as I'm watching the show, not sort of after I've finished watching it. So at this point in the show, I'm thinking, is this just an oversight by Ring of Honor and the writers and creative? Or is this leading to something somewhere along the line? But regardless, this was, I thought, a decent opener with the second half a lot better. But again, it's just kind of, I don't mean to be rude, but it's the lesser members of these factions, right? So you've got two of the lower guys in the group having your opening match, got a lot of time. It was fine. I didn't love it, but it wasn't offensive either. It's kind of be going to be a common theme throughout this show, I think. So I get my answer right away to the whole foundation. Are they going to address this at all? Because Titus is backstage. I forget who the interviewer is. But Titus is really angry right away. He wants to know where the other members of the foundation were when he was getting hit by a chair. He gets no answer, obviously, and he storms off in anger. So like I said, I am glad to see they addressed this. He has every right to be annoyed with his team. In fact, it would be strange if they didn't make reference to this at all. So I'm glad it was sort of addressed right away. And I guess we'll see where it goes in the future. So Deppin is then backstage. He's asked about his win and kind of what Homicide was doing there. Deppin says, of course, Homicide would help him out. He's his teammate, and that's what they do. He said he and the rest of Violence Unlimited come from the indies where there were no rules, and they could do all kinds of stuff like this. But now they're in ROH, and there's just too many rules to follow. You got to shake hands. You got to watch what you say. You got to watch what you tweet so that you don't upset anyone. He says he doesn't care about anyone outside of Violence Unlimited because violence will always prevail. So an interesting choice, I thought, to give Deppin more mic time here. So he basically got two small promos on a show where almost nobody gets enough mic time. So he got double time. And I thought he was fine here. I, I don't know if we needed to hear from him again, but I guess it's this whole idea of they're rebelling against the rules in Ring of Honor, whereas the foundation are really trying to embrace the rules and follow the rules and wish that everybody would. 
Violence Unlimited are here to sort of break all of the rules. And that's essentially the whole story going into this show, I guess. So we then move into the tag team match, which is Violence Unlimited represented by Chris Dickinson and Brody King taking on Jonathan Gresham and Tracy Williams of the Foundation. So we get a quick Violence Unlimited promo where Brody King tells the Foundation that their way of wrestling is basically going extinct. Dickinson asks what ROH are going to do, build a time machine and bring back uh, gotch-style wrestling. He says that Violence Unlimited have it all, and they are Violence Unlimited. Uh, So each man only got a couple of lines each, and again, they're just driving home this idea that the um, fighting with honor and not cheating and doing everything straight up is kind of a thing of the past and is obsolete and is like a dinosaur, which I'm fine with them saying that. So yeah, I had no issue with the promo, really. Again, really short promos in Ring of Honor almost all the time. The Foundation get their chance to speak, and it's mostly Tracy Williams saying that Violence Unlimited, they just basically want chaos, and it's not enough for them to just win matches, that they're always bringing in this extra violence and cheating and shenanigans and things. But, uh, and I think it was Gresham then adds at the end that the pure wrestlers will prevail. I guess we'll find out. So again, generic stuff from the baby faces didn't really add much here. But again, it was really short, so it's fine. It's kind of like, hey guys, we threw a show together between this group and this group. And here's their issue in case you forgot. This group likes to follow the rules and wants to keep everything clean and honorable. And this group doesn't give a crap and will cheat and do whatever it takes to win. So it's kind of just a refresher on that. Nothing major there, but we get the point. So the foundation, very out of character here, they actually attack Violence Unlimited just before the bell rings, as everyone's already in the ring here. So King and Williams go to fight outside, leaving Gresham and Dickinson in the ring to battle. So Dickinson eventually runs Gresham into the corner, tags in Brody King, who lands a really stiff chop and a vertical suplex. Dickinson's back in with a couple backbreakers and some leg work to Gresham. We get some double teaming by Violence Unlimited for a near fall, then a neck vice by Brody King. So Violence Unlimited here continue to isolate Gresham and wear him down. Gresham actually was taking offense for the first decent chunk of this match. So Gresham eventually fights back, causes Dickinson to accidentally spear King. That leads to a hot tag to Tracy Williams, who obviously comes in fired up, cleans house. It leads to a superplex to Chris Dickinson. Williams tags out in my notes I have too soon. It's one of my pet peeves. Like Gresham just got beaten on for how the entirety of this match basically and Williams is in very briefly and then wants to tag out so it's one of those things I think the Young Bucks do it Uh, there's some other tag team I've been noticing does it a lot lately where they're tagging someone has just taken a beating for a lengthy period of time and they basically tag out for you know like 30 seconds a minute of rest and then are tagged back in so again it's it's pretty high wrestling nerd levels of criticism but it is something that bugs me a little bit and you'd think the foundation would be better than that but anyways Gresham's in he goes to work on Dickinson with some chops and kicks we get the double team onslaught by the foundation leads to Dickinson's legs being stomped Uh, Each of them are sort of stomping an ankle and then some sort of ankle lock supplied by Tracy Williams. We get a chop exchange. Gresham is now in targeting Dickinson's legs. Knee strike stops Gresham. Dickinson tags in Brody Lee. Sorry, Brody Lee. Nope, sorry. R.I.P. Brody Lee. Brody King for a backbreaker and a dropkick combination with Dickinson. Gresham applies a sleeper hold to King after he sort of hyperextends King's knee, but Dickinson uh, is basically grappling or in a hold from Tracy Williams and sort of crashes into the other two to break up the hold. We get an insiguri by Dickinson to, to Williams for a two count a bit later. Atomic drop, drop kick, Boston Crab sequence by the heels to Tracy Williams, but he gets to the ropes as well. 
backdrop and an STF by Dickinson to Williams, but Williams counters that into a crossface. King gets a hold of Gresham on the floor. Dickinson applies a rear naked choke to Williams, gets his legs wrapped around, and the referee has to stop the match as Williams is basically about to go out here. And commentary remind us that Violence Unlimited are 2-0 so far tonight in these matches. So again, I guess this was a pretty good tag team match. I, for whatever reason, didn't really get into it. I just, I, I'm not feeling that this is a hot feud that necessitates an entire show. But anyways, uh, Gresham did a lot of selling to start this match. And then it became more evenly matched, right? Lots of time for each man in the ring. Lots of sort of back and forth action, frequent tags, etc, etc. It just seems to lack any heat or any stakes. I know they're telling me that these two teams have been feuding for a year, but I really don't feel like any of this really matters. We're not, this isn't like the climax of something to me. Again, things are sort of left off of TV for weeks at a time because they only have one hour a week, but it just doesn't feel like this is the hot feud that needed this to happen, in my opinion, and I could be wrong. It feels like it to me they just kind of invited these two groups to a taping. We're like, we're trying to minimize people involved because of COVID restrictions, and I know Ring of Honor is really strict about things. So it just felt like, hey, you guys come in and we'll just tape a whole show based on you guys. I don't know. Um, but anyways, it just put them together in combinations and make a show out of it sort of thing. Um, so Gresham, I put it in the news a few weeks ago, he's requested to be taken out of the peer division, yet he seems to be representing it sort of still for some reason at this point. Um, so he's, again, the defender of pure wrestling and the honor and whatnot. So anyways, nothing wrong with this tag team match. I just didn't really think it stood out. It was just kind of, yeah, a solid tag team match among four professional wrestlers. Nothing really amazing about it, unfortunately. So then the two groups are sort of remain in the ring and they're arguing commentary tell us that maybe they're just going to head straight into the next match because you can hear lethal he is trying to get the next match they started saying hey we're both here in the ring why don't we get this going so there's two refs there they're kind of struggling to get control it goes to a commercial break we come back and things seem to have been sorted out the bell rings as it's interesting here again the other members of violence unlimited stay at ringside but you can see the other members of the foundation walking up the ramp to leave. So I get that they're pure wrestlers and all, and that they don't want to sort of have to interfere or cause any sort of, I don't know, non-traditional or non-legal wrestling stuff to happen. But again, you're leaving your guy outnumbered against a team who have already cheated tonight and are fully willing to admit that they will cheat whenever they can. So I'm not sure, again, what Foundation are doing or if this is something that is going to be addressed going forward. I really hope that it is because it makes them look kind of stupid, frankly. They're leaving their man there to be outnumbered three or four to one as they just walk to the back. But anyways, this match starts. Lethal starts out with chops and strikes. He sends Homicide to the apron for a springboard dropkick and then three suicide dives to Homicide out on the floor. Um, homicide resorts to an eye rake obviously to slow lethal down then he hits his own diving somersault to the floor we get a strike exchange each man sort of dodges moves from the other lethal then finds a fork on homicide i don't know if it's in his boot or his pocket i think it was his boot maybe he tries to give it to the ref but homicide gets it back and they do the spot where he tries to stab lethal with it but of course lethal moves and it ends up being stuck in the top turnbuckle and then we have a little sequence where each man sort of teases running the other one into the fork that's stuck in the turnbuckle we get a t-bone suplex by homicide for two choke with his t-shirt and then a bite to the head of lethal by homicide 
we get the 187 attempted, but Lethal counters it, super kicks, and Deppen heads down to the ring with the chair now. Dutch, who is there, a member of the Righteous, all dressed in white. Uh, for some reason, he meets Deppen, takes out Deppen before Deppen can get involved in the match, and that allows Lethal to hit his Lethal Injection for the win. As you can see, Dutch smiling on the ramp, and we're sort of told by commentary that Lethal never saw Dutch get involved at all, so that he's not even aware that this has happened. So Bateman's group, or I guess it's Vincent's group, so Avita Von Starr, Bateman, and Vincent himself, they all join Dutch now at the top of the ramp. They're all dressed in white and just sort of applauding. Lethal, finally, he's sort of sitting on the mat, still in the ring, holding the ropes. He finally notices them. He looks really confused at the fact that the righteous are all standing there up on the apron. Lethal then is sort of shakes the hand of Homicide, who's still lying on the mat. And the show sort of ends as we see Vincent and his group sort of applauding again in the background on the ramp. So this was a very short match. I would say the shortest of the three. And it was likely only the main event due to the aftermath things because it didn't feel like this was the main event, to be honest. And much like the other matches tonight, I thought it was fine, but really nothing special. And like I said before, this show was supposed to be like the culmination or whatever of a bitter feud between these two groups. It just didn't feel like that to me. It just felt like a bunch of guys having a, a bunch of wrestling matches and they don't really like each other, but it didn't feel super important. There weren't any real high stakes. Nobody's getting anything out of this other than, I guess, saying like Violence Unlimited can say they won two out of three matches, but there were no real stakes to this other than they don't like each other, so they're fighting. Um, so Ring of Honor in general spends so little time developing stories. Again, they're at the mercy of their TV time, right? But it's really hard to get behind this story enough to want to see three matches in a row from members of the same two groups. It just, the the thread running through this show of these two groups having to face each other and to end this feud or whatever it is, didn't really work for me. It just kind of felt like, felt like a holding pattern because we got no reference to anything else on this show other than a little bit of the righteous, obviously. But it's like nothing else existed. It's just these two groups, they had a show to themselves. And I, as you can probably tell, I didn't really love the idea or the execution, if I'm being honest. So moving into my overall thoughts in a letter grade, I thought it was just an okay episode of Ring of Honor. Surprise. I mean, I've just thought everything was kind of fine. So my overall grade fits into that sort of mold. There was nothing really wrong with any of these matches, but I also don't think there was anything exciting or memorable about them. Other people may have enjoyed this episode more than I did. I'm not really sure. It's really hard to find, as I'm sure you know if you listen to this, anybody really talking about Ring of Honor very much. But in a company where the talent do struggle to get TV time, to me, just having two factions eat up an entire episode with nothing really being furthered, except maybe those 90 seconds at the end when the righteous come out and we'll have to see where that goes. But that was pretty much it. So that doesn't really do much for me. I guess we're supposed to be intrigued by the appearance of the righteous and their involvement with Lethal specifically. I, I guess he's the he they were referring to to start the show. But if I'm being honest, I don't care that much. Like, I really want to feel like, I wish I were like, man, I really wonder what's going on and where they're going with this. But I'm not a huge fan of The Righteous so far. Um, I'm not a huge fan of Jay Lethal and these groups. So we'll see where it goes. I mean, I'll for sure give them a chance. But uh, it definitely didn't pique my interest, I think, the way they wanted it to. I think they're hoping this is sort of intrigue and a cliffhanger into next week or whenever they get back to addressing this situation. But I just didn't care as much as I think they want me to, unfortunately. I hope it leads to something interesting, but who knows. Again, 
nothing I recommend this week, nothing you really, I'll likely even remember by next week, to be perfectly honest with you. So at that point, we're below the B level for me for sure. So I'm going to give it a C plus because I don't think anything was bad. So I don't want to say it was in the D range or anything uh, or even a low C, but I just don't think there's anything worth seeing on this show to go out and watch. So a C plus, a Canadian C plus is like a 6.8 out of 10, we'll call it, or 6.9 out of 10. Not a show I recommend, frankly, and nothing even individually on the show that I specifically recommend. So that's going to wrap it up for my review. There was one piece of major Ring of Honor news that for people that listen to my Ring of Honor recaps, I probably will talk about this on our Saturday show as well. I'll bring it up with Jack. Um, But pretty big news for Ring of Honor. They have announced that they're going on hiatus for early 2022 as they, quote, reimagine the company. So basically, I think I got this from Wrestling Inc., that following the December 11th battle, final battle pay-per-view in Baltimore, Ring of Honor will go on hiatus as they take the first quarter of 2022 to, quote, work internally to reimagine the company. There will be no live events during the first quarter of 2022 as the current plan is return uh, to acting in April with the Supercard of Honor. Ring of Honor noted that they hope to return with, quote, a new fan-focused product and provide a unique experience for fans. So I don't know what that means, but I get a little nervous if something's going away for three months, is it really coming back? I know their plans are it's coming back, but we'll see. I get a little bit skeptical when things like this happen. Plus, there's a bit of an update coming here as well. So in an update, Dave Meltzer reports that ROH is, quote, releasing everyone from their contracts. Uh, PW Insider adds that multiple wrestlers who are on ROH's company Zoom call today were informed that if their contracts were expiring at the end of this year, they will not be renewed. Wrestlers would then become free agents, and wrestlers who have contracts that go beyond January 1st of 2022 will remain under contract for at least a certain period of time, which is rumored to be until March or April, when it sounds like they would probably reboot the company again. So... I don't know, this doesn't sound good. Obviously, they're struggling. They're not happy with something. They basically want to pull the plug for at least a few months, pretty much release everybody from their contracts. It sounds like they just want to start over almost. Um, So I started covering Ring of Honor once they rebooted this most recent time after the or during the pandemic, just before, whenever. I've been doing it for over a year now Um, because it was unwatchable before that. I haven't loved Ring of Honor every week since then, but I think it's definitely been better than the previous incarnation where Jack and I would turn it on every few weeks and try and watch it, and we just couldn't watch it. It was so bad and nonsensical, and it just felt like you were watching snippets of different house shows and things. There was no real flow to it at all. So this has been better. I don't think it's been amazing, and maybe and the, the pure division was the big thing they brought back, and I'm not sure that it was as well-received as they hoped. I personally didn't like it as much as I thought I was going to. So it looks like they want to pull the plug for a bit uh, or hit pause or whatever and sort of reimagine it, whatever that means, to be more fan-friendly. So we'll see, but that is some big news from Ring of Honor. So I will keep reviewing it, I think, up until the end. We'll see, unless it starts to get really, really bad. But it looks like I will get a break from Ring of Honor, at least in the beginning of 2022, and then we'll see what happens with their reimagined version. If it comes back, there's always a little bit of me that just fears if you're shutting a company down for three months or four months, are you really coming back? So we'll see. I hope they do. But anyways, that's going to bring 
me to the end of this Ring of Honor 527 review with a little bit of bonus news thrown on the end there. So I appreciate any time you take out of your week to listen to myself or myself and my son talk about wrestling. We will definitely be back on Saturday for episode 67. I don't think we have anything planned before then, but you can always just check out if you subscribe or whatever. You'll find it whenever we post anything, but we'll for sure be back Saturday with episode 67. Hope to see you then, and until then, take care.